Hi, guys. Welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today is another fantastic day for a cool interview. I've got Donna Tashian with me. Donna is a woman who has learned how to turn her baggage into luggage and mm-hmm. can teach us a lot about actually reframing our, our experiences and, and just living a life so wonderful that there's simply no room for alcohol or anything to numb you or anything for you to escape your reality because you're so busy living a fantastic reality so <laughs> now that is that's what i do nowadays that what donna does nowadays so let's figure out why she does it how she does it and what lessons we can learn so donna thank you so much for coming onto my show my pleasure thank you for allowing me to share oh absolutely it's an absolute pleasure before we go anywhere further Press that mm-hmm. subscribe button. Press that button, guys. You can do it. Uh, because yeah. let's share these messages. Let's get you get yes. you informed. And then uh tell your friends because it's so it's so beautiful. I can I get the privilege to to talk to wonderful people. And they open up with me and they 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 tell me their deepest inner secrets and they are cool secrets. So you might as well share them with the world. So guys, subscribe and let your friends know about the show. Donna, welcome. Now, when you. you were a little girl, you were probably one day going to your mommy and daddy and say, you, I know exactly what I want to do. I want to turn baggage into luggage. That's what I'm going to do. Yes. No, no. I didn't. <laughs> so who did you who did you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> I didn't really know specifically. The only thing I continued to say is I'm going to help people. Um, and I didn't really know what that would like, but, um, things took a turn unexpected rather young. So my, as it happens to a lot of us, um, things don't turn out like you think they are. So that started me on my journey of collecting baggage, first of all. (laughs) And and welcome to life, isn't it? Yeah, we all do every single person the pope uh, any world leader well they have got enough baggage to, for, to go for a long time <laughs> let's not go there no that's so true that's so i agree every every person's a guys anyone you look up to as a peer where you think well they get their mm-hmm. shit together eh, 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 eh. they all have baggage yes. are you happy to share a bit about your baggage sure Um, I'm happy to. Uh, I grew up in a blended family, meaning both parents were married previously and brought kids to the marriage. Um, My new father became my daddy. I really didn't have one before. So he became my daddy, which was a good thing. But um, when I was 14, um, I became pregnant and it wasn't consensual. Um, And I... uh, So 15 years old, I have a little girl and I raised her on my own. I grew up in, I would call a religious family. And we're talking quite a few years back since since I was 15 and teenage pregnancies, at least in the environment I was in, was not okay. Um, And so there was a lot of shame and judgment that accompanied that period in my life to say it was hard you know, when words just aren't enough, it's just like, there's no adjectives, there's no description to talk about how difficult it was. 
Um, I graduated high school before I was 17. I was fully employed before I was 18. And I had my own place before I was 19. So I was 18 with a three-year-old, you know, kind of giving you a picture. And so, but those kind of hard times and uh, I was never, I was trying to be an overachiever to prove I had value, to prove that I had worth and learning that um, since it's been a while since I was 15, but learning the things that I have learned over the years to be able to help us turn our baggage into something good to be able to learn from it and grow from it and actually be stronger instead of weaker is what I specialize in. That's the hardest thing, isn't it? That reframing of the experiences that we have, because it's so easy to fall into the, the why me trap and poor oh, yeah. me, poor me, poor me another one. Uh, and it is, it is so easy. I certainly have been in that. And in all fairness, uh, you're, you were given quite a lot of heartache and a lot of, a lot of pain at a very early stage there. Yes. You are now reframing it. Were you able to reframe it then? I don't know that I reframed it per se. I don't think I would use that word. I, I buried it and had to move on. Um, exactly. Pretending we're okay when we're not okay. Um, and proving, and the other part of me that for me, my story is I wanted to prove them wrong. So, you know, I worked really hard to prove everybody wrong while still doubting myself on the inside, while still not believing me. I mean, jumping ahead a little bit when I met my husband and he told me he loved me, you know, how many men had told me they loved me and they always wanted something. So when he said he loved me and I loved him and I thought it could go somewhere. And I just said, that's nice. <laughs> it wasn't what he wanted to hear, of course, but I'm like, time will tell to see if you really love me because we don't believe everything we're told. We've been told all kinds of stories anyway. <laughs> very nice. So very cynical and very, well, very mature, but it was mature. very protective of myself. I was about to say mature yes. as a survivor, um, yes. as a woman who had to survive. So therefore, the, the walls went up, and yep. you you went into truly survival mode. To look after yourself yes. and your job. Were your parents supportive? Whilst they might have disagreed with with it, and they might have felt the same shame and guilt. However, right or wrong that is, um, were they still there for you? Or was there a company? Uh, they, I, I, I was able to stay in the home, if that's what you're referring to. Um, but as soon as I made any income, they started charging me rent. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of uh, irritation and resentment on my part. But when I look back on it, boy, it made me tough. It made me have to stand on my own two feet. So it's not all bad, but... I wouldn't do it the same way if it happened to give her me. But that's the fate of, of, of us. Uh, we will yes. always do the opposite of what our parents did to us. At um, least differently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. With, and, and 
this I think that is a curse that runs for every generation since we came from the cave floor. Um, so it is what it is. Um, no, fair call. So there you were a young woman um, mm -hmm. in fight and flight mode from a very, very early stage, which yeah. makes you mature, which makes you the go-getter because you have got a real drive. You want to to establish yourself. You need to establish yourself. Well, I have a child now. I exactly. have to be able to. Um, it's not just me. And when it's just me, mm. uh, we can revert into all kinds of behavior we wouldn't do, at least for me, when mm. someone else is depending upon me. Mm. So, yes, very much so. Okay. How did that story continue? What job did you do? I started um, uh, working as a medical records clerk was my mm. first job. Um, and I worked full time raising her living on my own. And I went to school one night a week, taking one college course. Wow. Okay. You're a busy girl. Um, and then I, that's, and at college at night is where I met my husband. He was in the air force. And so we dated for three and a half years before we were married. Um, took some time with that in that process. So as of this November, I will have been married 37 years. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank uh, you. That, and that means 37 years of trying to redefine yourself every day and learning to live with someone who was, uh, who is developing himself. So that is this beautiful interwoven journey there. Um, Absolutely. Uh, wow. When did you start being interested in helping others? What was the breakthrough? What was the catalyst that changed you from a survivor slash victim slash hardcore, I will look after myself towards actually I have the, the need to help others or I want to help others? What? How did that switch happen? Well, a whole lot of also what brought me through that stage was my faith. Um, and so that was a, that's part of my story. And I was all, I was involved in a local church and through that is where I first started what I would have called mentoring. Um, and I, I was always seeming to be as far as back as I can remember the girls that somebody was sitting down with me going, I can't believe I'm telling you this. And they would be crying or sharing things. I've never told anybody this. And so I was always that girl. And so I was And my youngest daughter when I always remember girls, women sitting on the couch crying with you, mom. And I didn't know that was one of her memories. But so <laughs> I was that girl. When I said at a young age, I wanted to help people. I just didn't know how I would be doing it. It was just that drive to be there. So I founded nonprofit organizations. I worked in nonprofit organizations. I did volunteer work in different places to be able to uh, mentor. And we would have called it discipleship. Coaching wasn't a word then as it is today. And I raised my children. And um, about 10 years ago, is when I begin to shift and go, what do I really want to do now that I'm grown up? What do I really, what's my, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? And we all hit those kind of moments around different pivotal ages. 
And um, through that process, I went back to school and got my coaching certification. It's like, how do I do this even better? How do I learn to do what I'm naturally gifted at even better? So currently I have three coaching certifications and some other certifications that's helped me do that. And through this process of becoming a coach in the capacity I am today, I am able to watch transformation happen rather quickly in people's lives where before I was sitting and listening. Now there's actually really great transformational progress, which is where the turning your baggage into luggage program came from. And I have steps and some tools I'd like to share today, if I may. Oh, I would be delighted. But it not it amazing that is, so what guidance did you, did you get from the church? Were there instrumental people there that were role models for you? Or was that, again, were you still in the, in the survivor mode? Whilst you had this natural ability to mm -hmm. make people talk and to open mm -hmm. up, was Uh, was that recognized amongst the church leaders? And they were saying, wow, we need, we need to nurture this girl. She might become a uh, someone in our church who, who we want to you know, put forward. Most of the time, yes, um, but not all the time. There's always um, situations where the church isn't perfect. Um, but most of the time, yes, there was a lot of nurturing and educational opportunities to help to do it better, mm. but it was in the confines of the church. Mm. And I'm much more than that today, mm. um, being able to reach not just that little audience, but international mm. and being able to touch a lot of other people's lives. So overall, yes, the church was a benefit, but it didn't equip me with what I have today. Mm. And I think that That is nice to hear, though, because unfortunately, I'm a cynical man and I was not touched by Jesus Christ. So therefore, I've got um, I've got quite a cynical approach when I look at churches. Uh, there are some fantastic churches and fantastic mm -hmm. church communities. Fan I should say not church, but I actually fantastic leaders that mm -hmm. have been touched by Jesus Christ and are going out there in his name doing fantastic work. No two ways around that. And I've met such people, but I think they are few and far between, um, I have to say. So it is, um, and there are, unfortunately, the church institutions have been tainted with a lot of scandals, with a lot of, uh, yeah. Well, welcome yeah. to the world. Mm. Touché, touché. And the people are, the people are human. So they just because we have a relationship or touched by Jesus, as you put it, does not mean that I can't make mistakes and I can't do stupid things. Mm. <laughs> it is it is not a qualification to say because I'm a leader or not that I can't do stupid things. And the other point I want to make, because I'm going to disagree with you just a little bit, is yeah, there please. are millions of people that you may not call leaders that are doing good in the world. Uh, It's just not on the local news. I love and it. I love it. Oh, so there is a lot of happening Please. in the world. And the, the bad stuff makes the news, but you good, don't hear good, about all the good, good stuff. That is very, very true and absolutely gifted to you because I surround myself with the good people. So I know, I know. That's uh, I love it. I love it that you point that out. And I guess... I guess we really need to to stress it again. 
we are all broken. We are all we're all are perfectly imperfect. Um, whatever kind of 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 not wall, whatever kind of mask you try to portray on your social media or on your in real life, the the perfect white picket fence kind of living my bottom as if that was really true. Um, So (laughs) I think that is the nice thing. And I think that is the key thing to actually recognize that it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to be, to be, not 100% perfect, or it's okay to be actually completely inadequate in a certain area. Because I think if you, if you can accept that and uh, and have a, a good moral inventory and actually see what is really, what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, only then can you actually start working with yourself that you actually say, okay, damn, I'm, I'm really not so good in the way I deal with my relationship. And okay, how can I learn more about that? Or what can I do to about that? So it's the inside actually of, of accepting, yes, you are not perfect, okay? Whatever you portray on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, that's beautiful. So how are people actually finding you? So you are going out there, you want to be there. Who are the typical people that you work with? Um, I... I wanted to touch on one of the things that you just said oh, with, please, please. with that, and then I'll go to that, is I call that step being honest with ourselves of where we are on our own map mm. of really where I am. Because to me, it it isn't just recognizing that I'm imperfect. It's recognizing I'm on a journey. And because of where I am today won't necessarily be where I want to stay. Absolutely. But I can't. Well, I use a story that I tell for this analogy um, of the days before GPS, and I'm telling it from the U.S. because that's where I am. So some a guy was traveling from um, a town to Chicago for a sales trip, and his connections were almost late, and he's afraid he was going to be late for this important sales meeting. So he's rushing off of the plane, and he rushes up to the rental car place grabs the grabs the keys and went oh i need a map and just grabbed one off the counter rushes out the door and is traveling around chicago and he cannot find the place he's supposed to go he's like i don't know where this street is he opens the map all the way up and it's a map of detroit michigan not chicago illinois <laughs> and so many of the times that's the way our life has felt i don't have the right map <laughs> to say to say And so it's important to recognize where I am and be super honest with myself so I can get to the destination that I want to get to. But I have to recognize where I am, wherever that is for you today, whatever you are struggling with, just be really honest and say all of the yucky stuff and get it out and then go, now, where do I want to be? And that's what I do is help people get to where they want to be and recognize it's a journey, not a destination. It doesn't have to be, I'll be happy when X, Y, Z happens. I can find joy today in the journey and love helping people do that. So true, isn't it? And if I, if I look back at my own 
recent journey after after breakdown after rehab um so that's now coming close to seven eight years now and i must say that my journey has been a very convoluted path that goes left right and center through some very interesting scenery and i must say that that my goals my who do i want to be when i grow up it's constantly changing and it's constantly evolving and it's constantly uh, constantly uh, updating as if I get constantly new kind of downloads from some uh, universe or some gods uh, into my head to say, okay, you know, why, why, why don't you think about that? Huh, that's a good idea. And, and it's beautiful. And with that, uh, it's, it's the most exciting journey. And I love it that you say that uh, because sometimes we all think it is so absolute look what's happening to me i'm in this uh, how could i ever get out of here you think mm-hmm. you're stagnant yeah you're not you're not you're you're actually in a place where you need to be to make change because if you were comfortable then you wouldn't change but you're so much in pain that this is actually good so therefore instead of saying oh my god this pain is killing me yeah, it might feel like that at the moment, but it's also it's like like a like a bow, and you have just pulled the string back, 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 back. You're about to release that arrow, and you just need to figure out which way do you actually want to point that. Okay, where do you actually want to go? And I think that is so important that 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 you take a coach or that you have got a mentor or someone who does this inventory with you, and right. actually opens your eyes towards okay so yeah you taught me a lot about yourself now but you haven't told me is who do you want to be when you grow up but i'm 70 what do you mean grow up (laughs) yeah (laughs) i still use exactly the same words and every single time i say to someone even in their 60s 70s they 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 laugh and then they start thinking Mm -hmm. and that's beautiful Absolutely. It's, oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So, okay, I, I, I turned the table here. So, who do you want to be, Donna, when you grow up? <laughs> Has I am got- actually, I am currently being who I want to be, um, ah, and I know that I know that it is um, bigger than the place I am right now, as far as reach and all of that. And so, I have never been in more of my sweet spot. In all of my, you know, well, not that any of it wasn't a sweet spot, but there is something really powerful about where I am today. And the way who you asked me before who I reach um, right now, I'm being I'm I'm had some um, more men asked me to do some of the things, but I worked because of my history, predominantly with women. And so. I work with women who have had some kind of traumatic or difficult childhood um, is my primary area. And another area is is women who've come out of some difficult relationship, perhaps abusive or narcissistic relationships is where I work with them and help them turn their baggage into luggage. And when I say that, um, luggage or baggage is what we've talked about. I mean, that's pretty clear. But a lot of times when we repack our baggage, I don't know where I want to go. It's like I've been in survival mode for so long. I don't know what the future looks like and helping them to repack their luggage Mm. and then build the life they would actually love Mm. 
and what that would look like without all of the mask and survival and mm. all of those kind of components is mm. like rebuilding their life. Mm. So that's what I do every day. What I like in your metaphor is that you're not throwing out the baggage, but you're actually accepting that this is part of you. Correct. And that actually makes you so such a stronger person. Absolutely. I ask many a times, uh, my guess, hey, look, if you had a chance, if you had a magic wand, would you go back in time and would you change your life? And most people I talk to say, after a short consideration, no, because they are now, as you said, in a, in a sweet spot, they have grown so much into the them now, the person that they actually want to be. Uh, and without their trauma, they would have never been able to do so they would have never recognized that yeah we had yesterday morning i came to work and i my anesthetic technician was looking quite jaded and, and a bit of, of reserved whilst Tommy's exuberant etc i said are you all right and he said no, no i haven't slept well and 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 what i know about him he is ex-special forces and he has got quite a good going ptsd that from now and then r rises up mm -hmm. i've got the same i've got a ptsd and and we just looked at each other we knew exactly how how we felt i hadn't slept so well either so we both said mm, yep and then I made a comment along the lines. Oh, no, that's right. He, uh, we, we sort of accepted that, got on with work, and he walked past, and, and I had uh, an empty drink bottle lying there, and he tripped it down by accident from, from the shelf or from the bit where it was on. We both, without thinking, reached down. We both were ready. He caught it first. I was my hand underneath his, and we looked at each other, and I said, See, it's actually quite cool PTSD. It has some advantages, <laughs> isn't it? Because we are always switched on, bang, bang. Uh, we are ready, fight and flight, because that's, that's mm -hmm. what the PTSD does to us. We both have reframed our experiences mm -hmm. in such a way that actually I have become a, a very good crisis manager. Uh, and that's really a handy wow. thing to, to have when you're an anesthetist. And when constantly there's a risk of shit hitting the fan. Mm -hmm. and, and same with him. We just looked at each other and we just laughed uh, about that. Because here we are, broken people to a certain degree. But we have accepted that that is part of us. So therefore, there was no emotional, oh, my God, I haven't slept well. No, we haven't slept well. Okay. So let's make sure that we both are watching each other so that we don't make uh, any mistake. But it was mm -hmm. that that kind of reframing, this kind of, of accepting that this is part of you and yeah. taking whatever it is with a pinch of salt, not, not feeling guilty or ashamed mm -hmm. or so, but actually yeah this is me and hey look i've caught that drink bottle and if you had not i would have kind of a thing and it's just cool so therefore that's that's a little example where i've been able to do so rather than you know in the past i would have been angry that he threw it down or you know shit like that it's just uh so one example and and you are helping people who come to you to i assume exactly with the same thing um helping them to come to terms with what they have gone through and yeah. allow them to actually get on with life yes 
Um, you were saying you have got some steps there that that you'd like to go through and like to introduce mm -hmm. your, your your clients to. Come on, come on. <laughs> so you're right now. I want to know. <laughs> See, I'm the ideal client. Give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> you don't have to convince me. <laughs> oh man, I don't know if you want to step into that with me. <laughs> hey, I'm ready. <laughs> Oh, well, one of the first things that I talked to you, and you alluded to this earlier, I just frame it and I just word it a little bit different, is I called it building our understanding superpower. And what that means is, is I am building the understanding that I can grow from everything that happens to me. And that I can baggage thinking, you you said this, why this happen? It's not fair. It's not just, it's not right. Somebody needs to pay. All of those kind of thoughts is baggage. Luggage thinking is, is that I'm, I can't change it, but I'm going to use it to, to grow and to become a better me and perhaps in turn help other people. I call it gifts wrapped in sandpaper. Um, <laughs> I like that. And so learning that, that kind of um, situation, no matter what it is, there's something we can learn from it. And just the um, action of looking for the gift makes you rise above the crap, if you will, and be able to look long term like this is not going to be my whole chapter or my whole book. I mean, it's going to be a chapter. And then I'm closing this chapter and I'm going to move on and I'm going to grow and become. So that's the first one. What's your thoughts about that? Oh, very much so. Very much so. The moral inventory, step four in, in the AA. Um, where am I right now? I've accepted yeah. that um, that things are not right. Okay, let's actually look honestly. Let's, yeah. let's pull the curtains, let the light in and actually, yeah. where are you? 100% on... <laughs> Number two is focus creates feelings. And if we think about whatever you're focusing on, focus amplifies things or multiplies it. So if I was going to talk about a relationship and I mentioned that I've been married and still after 37 years, my husband can't always get the laundry basket with his dirty socks. So in my, when we were newly married, I would look at those socks and say, Why can't he hit the basket? Doesn't he know how hard I work around here? Does he not care that I'm working so hard? He can't even put his socks in the laundry basket. And then when he gets home, I'm mad. And he doesn't know why I'm mad, but I'm mad. And so our whole evening takes a different turn because what I focused on was those stupid socks. And I ruin a whole day and perhaps a whole evening over a stupid pair of socks. Don't, don't raise your hands or anything if you've ever done this kind of stuff. But on the other hand, if I looked at the socks, picked them up, and then remembered all of the things that he does that amazes me and that I love, when he walked in the door, how much you want to bet our evening is completely different. <laughs> mm, interesting. <laughs> and so focus, what I was focusing on actually creates emotions. We a lot of times feel like emotions lead us. But my focus and what I'm choosing to think about is actually creating the feelings, not the other way around. And so if you're not liking your feelings or how you are feeling at that moment, 
look backwards and say, where did I have my focus? Am I focusing on the stuff I did wrong? Am I focusing on how I screw up? Am I focusing on who made me mad? I'm focusing all the crap going on in the world. Like you mentioned, and I mentioned, there's so much good going on in the world. <laughs> so, so, so true, isn't it? And that's where, where a minute of gratitude comes in. Absolutely. Where you, where you actually, uh, this is, I, I, I sometimes catch myself being in quite a crumpy mood. And it typically really? <laughs> bloody hothead, you know. There's still there's still the other guy in me who is who is trying hard to to <laughs> make me rethink my achievement. And so it's 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 quite good. It often happens um, in traffic because our Rotorua drivers are not necessarily renowned for being uh, this indicator thing. That, nah, nah, nah. This is mm -hmm. we don't do that here, etc. So. I uh, and as a hothead, I often get a little bit under the hot, hot under the color. So, what I have started doing is a minute of gratitude, where I actually say, "Okay, yes, you're a beep, um, but I am happy and grateful that." And then I force myself to to come up with things that I'm happy and grateful about for nine for sixty seconds, um, and. It's a, first of all, it always astounds me what comes out of my mouth. I do that loud in the car, speaking mm -hmm. out loud so that my ears can hear me. Um, mm -hmm. And it is actually amazing. And sometimes I have to laugh about myself. Uh, and the moment I laugh, an honest laugh, uh, the moment my anger says, okay, I give up, you win. Um, and it is exactly that. So I can change my, my anger and resentment actually quite quickly nowadays with a minute of gratitude. Now that's a superpower to, to change it's yourself, total, isn't it? It is a total superpower because, it, but it's something you practiced. Probably the first time you did it, it didn't work quite so well. You were still wanting to ram them or whatever, you know, <laughs> something. Um, yeah. You know, it. it uh, and the other, other thing that helps me in those kind of situations is you don't know what was going on, mm -hmm. why they were no. not thinking about their indicator and what, they may have faced. I heard a story of a guy who was with, he climbs on board one of the subway trains on the commuter trains and he's got four kids with him and he, he sits down and he's, you can tell he's like not there. It's just like not focused. He's got four kids and they're swinging on the rails and running up and down the aisles and bumping into people and everybody in the train is getting super irritated. And is like, why doesn't he do something? Why does he let his kids run like this? And, you know, somebody's going to get hurt. And what if we stop suddenly and all of that kind of stuff? And he kind of wakes from a stupor and he looks around and he tells the kids to sit down. He goes, I'm sorry. He said, my wife just died at the hospital. Now you look at him and those kids in a completely different perspective. 100%. When we understand we don't know people's story when we get irritated with them and when they don't do what we think they should do. And we and we need to be kind to ourselves too in our stories and letting allow the mistakes that we may be making and understand that everyone have compassion. And again, when when that gentleman's doing that, if my focus is, I wonder what happened to him today. Absolutely. Instead of, I Absolutely. wonder what's wrong with him and being critical, it changes how I feel mm. and it could change the whole environment of that train's 
you know, and all of that kind of stuff. We could change our world with just a dose of kindness. Absolutely. And that's one of my soapboxes. <laughs> I'm like, man, if people could just be kind and quit being so mean to each other, we could change the world and we wouldn't need all the laws to do so. Hmm. Anyway, that's not in my notes, but that's how <laughs> that's that's such a powerful belief and that's such a powerful story for me the story that i remind myself of is the the story of the taxi driver who picks up a fair an elderly lady who's nicely dressed up etc and she's driving to a hospital and the taxi driver um says cool we're going to be there soon she said no no uh, take your time would you mind driving through downtown and he said that's a huge detour it would take take quite a lot and she said look i don't mind paying but what do you mind and it turns out that this was her last trip because she she was going to hospice and she knew she would be dying there and so when she was driving with the taxi driver she said ah that's where i met my husband that's where the dad Mm -hmm. and the taxi driver switched off the fare and and switched off the meter and and just spent the next two hours with her just talking driving and knowing that this was her last trip. And they were for sure not driving fast. So if I would have been behind that that taxi, I would have probably thought, why the hell, what's going on? And that is the story that I remind myself constantly yeah. with. And it is a beautiful story. And, and in all fairness, I see that every day in my life as an anesthetist, um, there are bad, there's bad news waiting for many of my patients just around the corner. And it's quite, it's beautiful to then be humbled by these thoughts and to be reminded that kindness is such a powerful thing. And I love it. I love it that you point that out. This is this is a very good thing to go onto a soapbox with. I 100% am behind you. I'm next to yeah. you. Move over. <laughs> Come on, we share that soapbox. We will, we will share it, yes. Okay, yes. step Take, I'm all with you here. <laughs> Where are we going from here? Well, um, the one of the other things I, I talk about that's really key is, is learning to build faith in myself, especially when we've screwed up with things. And to me, that is reflected by my self-talk. So learning to talk to myself, um, you talked about saying out loud so your own ears could hear it. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about is... What are you saying about yourself to yourself? Um, And one of the other keys of changing, you ever had runaway thoughts you can't seem to stop? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You want a key on how to do that? Tell me. It's very simple. Is you cannot, for example, if I tell you to think about a pink elephant, I want you to picture a pink elephant. It's got a pink bow around its neck. Have you heard this one before? (laughs) I see yeah. the bloody thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can see it. You can see the picture of it. Well, I want you to hold on to that. Don't let it go. And then I want you to say red fox out of your mouth. Uh, red fox. <laughs> Where did the pink elephant go? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Okay. <laughs> so we can't thinking about, I'm such a stupid idiot. And then turn around and go. I can, if I just take one step in front of me, I can. We cannot think one thing and speak another. So the simplest way to change 
what you're thinking. If the things, thoughts or stuff you don't want and you want to stop them, say something out of your mouth that is different. Begin to speak out of your mouth. That's why declarations or affirmations, whatever word you want to use, you saying the things I'm grateful for shifted you from anger to gratitude. Mm. It is the same way with your thoughts is just speak. There are so many resources about declarations and affirmations Mm. to build ourselves up and it helps you heal. It helps to redefine the new story you want to create. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And, and in all fairness, that is, that is a technique that is certainly taught in, 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 uh, where I did my rehab, we were from the day one, we were recommended to come up with a quote for the day. And right. in the morning, we were speaking them out loud around the room. What is your quote? What is your quote? And I kept that up uh, for um, up until nowadays. And it is actually um, a very powerful thing. Um, it's interesting that you say that because in, in recent days I've been so busy, um, with, with mm-hmm. other projects that I have forgotten to do that. And, um, it's interesting because it, it, these affirmations were helping me, were helping me to focus where, where it was little things because I shared them with, with my Instagram, I shared them with other people. Um, I actually, created connections i touched other people's lives and that in itself made me actually feel good so not only did i tell my own self what i needed to hear but i was also telling others uh what they probably needed to hear or some aspect that might refocus them away from their own misery if i wanted to say it or Mm -hmm. their own problems um towards hey this is a really good good thought or ah oh, thank you that is so beautiful what you said there so yeah. there you are uh, is the, the daily affirmations thank you for for readjusting my own path <laughs> back onto that because i uh, you just made me realize something and that's so beautiful here we are connecting talking right. about something that matters and it's inevitable for me to grow uh, that i don't grow okay it's double negative you know what i mean i will grow with just talking to you and listening to you how beautiful is that (laughs) so now this is gorgeous so now reframing things talking out loud what a beautiful step there are there, is there, are there other steps then that you're developing? Well, there's or was a lot, there, but I, a, I work these with are the teasers. Six, these are the yeah, teasers. I work exactly. for people for six months. So, mm. you know, this is not, <laughs> this is not something we can do during one podcast. <laughs> exactly. You're so right. And that is where, where that is the important mm-hmm. thing that we also need to, to say out loud. Once you start on that journey, it is truly a journey. And it this is a journey, journey, that's right. This is not, this is not a quick fix. Um, when I went into rehab, I put my whole, okay, I'm a doctor, I can beat that, I will be, yeah, I'm going to kick ass. And I did. I made huge progress. Um, 
Yet, when I look back, <laughs> it was the tiniest step, essentially, <laughs> in, in this whole huge journey of, of finding myself and, and actually learning to love myself. Uh, this is such a such a tiny thing. Yet, there I was after four weeks. Hey, you can look at me, kind of a thing. And it, it, it is what it is. It is just you. You need to 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 accept that. So, guys, uh, when you when you think six months wow that's long and then you think oh shit and she's charging what you're kidding me the problem is that your your mind has been running in certain grooves for such a long time you can't just you know it's the same as if you go to the gym do two hours in the gym and say wow i'm now i'm i'm fit now for the rest of my life you know that doesn't work. <laughs> I <laughs> wish it did, but no. <laughs> and it's the same with our mind. It's the same with our mind. And sometimes you need to hear the same freaking message for the 12th time. And suddenly at the 12th time, you finally get it. And you actually say, huh. And when I mean get it, not just there, but actually yeah. there. And yeah. that is that is what takes time because you're not ready all the time for the change that needs to happen. There are there are so many uh, so many p- powerful forces within you that rather would like you to continue because after all, those last twenty years that you were drinking or that you were behaving in sort in a certain way and maybe in in survival mode that you were a real asshole to others because you you were afraid to open up and and mm-hmm. actually loving someone and being loved um because of your of of screwed belief systems in you mm-hmm. well to actually to suddenly switch that all over in in one or two or three sessions uh, no no so therefore please so donna is 100% right and mm-hmm. but look at it in a in a positive way Every single day, you are now given the power to reinvent yourself, to focus mm-hmm. on either a topic that was aware to you, um, maybe just a relationship that you have just come out of, or actually some other things that were festering in the deep, dark recesses of your mm-hmm. mind yeah. and that that were essentially driving some of your behaviors, driving some, so these core beliefs that drove your emotions and then the emotions that drove your actions. So once it takes some time to actually click onto all that. And yeah. then even if you have got a conscious understanding, huh, that's where we need to go to then learn the t- tips and tricks and skills. And to walk it out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this walking out is a journey that you need to do. The, the, yeah. the, the, Donna and I know the common steps, but it is still you need to take these steps. Right. And that that takes time. That takes time. You can't just run up a mountain in, 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 you know, I would like to be up there, there, you know, these 3000 meters. I want to be there now. Okay. Now, okay, 30 minutes, 30 minutes. I'm up there. I've said how, how many of us wished we could step into a magician's, you know, booth and then walk (laughs) out and be (laughs) have it all be better. Exactly. man, if you actually honestly said that, we would have missed so many of things that we've learned along the way mm. of being able to fortify us and then impact other people as well. So mm. it is a journey and there is joy in the journey. Mm. Hell yeah. Hell yeah.
Mm. And this journey, we, we talked about the basic principles today and the same principles are 100% true. Sometimes people are, are using similar steps or in the journey and indeed are more religious and faith-based and that's absolutely fine. Other people are completely secular, like me, and, and in, in my rehabs, the God did not play any role, and uh, it was not forced down my throat, so I was very happy being secular. Equally, some people are more science-based in their approach. Well, if it comes to addiction, there are science-based programs like Smart Recovery, etc., that can help you. So I think the steps that we have just illuminated they are quite 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 common. They they fit into all these these programs, um, and but I guess the point is, all these programs have one thing in common. There's connection with others, and there are people in there who are further down the path compared with you out there. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it is you know if you if you were to try to uh, to do something completely new in your life, let's say you want to always be a restaurant owner. Well, you mm-hmm. wouldn't just buy a restaurant and give it a shot. You would probably try to find other people who are successful restaurant owners and try to learn from them. Right. It's a bit the same when it comes to your to your own uh, baggage. Maybe find, <laughs> find, find other people who actually have been there and have been able to work with similar experiences and have learned the skills how to reframe things and how to yes. to make sense of your suffering how to make sense of whatever has occurred to you and there you are wow yes. donna what a fantastic talk today um you you are a, a gorgeous woman and you're there's a certain clarity that that comes from your message there you you have been there once or twice before so you have been well i'm giving it away and you can read it in the show notes she has been <laughs> doing that for 20 years and it shows um and, and it shows how she she even guided me and it is beautiful so and if she can 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 deal with a stubborn guy like me, even in a short interview like that. So, you know, where could she take you if you're just willing to actually open up and, and actually think about it? So, Donna, where can people find you? Um, they The easiest place, I'm on Facebook a lot. And then my name will be in the show notes so you can find me. It's not a common name, so it'll be easy to see. And then my website is ivibrantliving.com. And on my website, I have a free ebook that you can take advantage of if you would like. It's called An Umbrella on a Sunny Day. And the preference of the book is coming from is how when we've been through hard times, we are always preparing for the other shoe to drop. So I'm bringing my umbrella because it's sunny out, but I know it's going to rain in my life. I know something bad is going to happen. So I'm preparing for the bad. How to walk away from that so that we can actually enjoy the blessings in our life and enjoy the sunshine. And then when you expect something, you tend to find it. Um, And so when I begin to expect bad, I find it somewhere. So how to, so that's why it's called an umbrella on a sunny day. I share a little bit more of my teenage story and then some tips and strategies to be able to help you move forward. And it's absolutely free. 
Brilliant. Oh, Donna, thank you so much. Guys, look down there into the show notes. Uh, Donna Tashjan. And it is uh, it is beautiful. So thank you very much for, for rearranging some of my thoughts, because I will certainly go to work today. Uh, a bit of a different man, a bit of a, a richer man, a bit of more challenged man in a good way um, to see, do I need to realign my path? Um, and it, it, this is normal, guys. This is normal. It's meandering on your path. If you if you fly from good old New Zealand to the United States, we will be probably 99% will be off course because that's what the plane does. And it then just finds its way. And luckily, uh, a good pilot <laughs> and a good pilot will not be, oh, that's London. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sometimes your detours can be big and that's that's maybe what you need in your life. But uh, wouldn't it be nice to actually have someone, a bit of a pilot who knows where he's going. So yes. therefore, and that's where, that's where when you're the first time flying, maybe you shouldn't sit in the fly in the, in the pilot seat. The maybe pilot you should be the co-pilot, right. the co-pilot and watch someone else. Else, and that's someone like Donna, and that's beautiful. So life is life is beautiful, and wherever you are in your journey, there is always, always, always hope. There is always help out there, and that I can I can guarantee to you. Yes. The only thing you is, you need to be is willing to accept that maybe you need help, and. Yes. Uh, hopefully it's a very good sign that you guys are listening to this podcast and watching this YouTube video, which means that there is already a willingness there to engage. Otherwise you wouldn't have ended here. So therefore maybe I'm preaching to the converted, but I think, <laughs> I think the reality is please be open and be open to yourself, allow an honesty to trans to be trans transparent, allow yourself to become transparent to those people that are willing that are able to care about you and are willing to take you on and say, hey, look, you know, I understand all where you've been, but have you considered? And what about this step next? And why don't you try that and see how that makes you feel? Wow. Suddenly you think, hell, wow. <laughs> Honestly. So Donna, thank you so much. This was a That's fantastic, right. fantastic interview today. Very, very grateful, very humbled that that you, yeah, you. Uh, improved me today. Uh, thank you so much. Cool. And you guys out there, look after yourself. Bye. <laughs>